Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to the More Jody podcast. I am the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself, all the time. I used to see this as a problem, but now I see it as a gift. Vulnerability, connection, and embracing challenges are my favorite things. I'm here to help you push a little more, dig a little deeper, and see more possibility in your one beautiful life. Andy Rooney once said, Everyone wants to live on top of the mountain, but all the happiness and growth occurs while you're climbing it. That is precisely what this podcast is about. Thanks for tuning in. Andrea Moot, welcome to the More Jody podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am also doing well. I'm very excited to have you on here. I think I've followed you for about a year on Instagram and it's like asking someone on a date. Like, <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. This is going to be fun. I'm really excited. Andrea Moot, My Pocket Kitchen on Instagram. So anyone who wants to see your face or go check out um, your Instagram while we're chatting here, that's the first thing I do. As soon as I hear someone on a podcast, I like go look for them. Where is this? Yeah, me too. Me too. Right? Especially when I'm listening to podcasts about other food bloggers. I'm like, okay. Let's see what your food looks like. Let's see. Yeah, exactly. Let's see it. But yeah, no, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, you are someone, in my opinion. Um, well, I feel like I feel like we're similar. I shouldn't put myself in your category. I am not. A, I am not a chef. Um, but I feel like when I go look at someone's Instagram or you know a cookbook or whatever, I want to be like, can you make good food healthy? That's right. That's a big deal because. I have um, the Jillian Harris cookbook and she doesn't follow me. It's fine, but I don't like her cookbook and I feel like her food is not that good. I'm like, you shouldn't have made a cookbook. You should have just kept with, you know, like love it or list at Vancouver. So I feel like when I went to your page, I was excited because I could tell you liked good food and then you would find a way to either eat an, a certain amount that keeps you healthy or- yeah. <laughs> That's a challenge. That's a challenge. Put it back in the fridge or what have you. So I'll stop babbling. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and your journey? And we're going to talk a little bit about your weight loss journey and as well lead people over to your blog so that they can also make and experience your recipes and your greatness over there. That sounds awesome. So um, a little bit about me. Um, I'm 52 years old. I've been married for uh, 27 years. Oof, and yeah, and my husband and I met 10 years before that. So oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a long what is that math. You're like a child. I was 15 when we met. 15? And we dated for well, we dated off and on for 10 I years. That. I don't want I don't want anybody out there thinking that like, you know, I met him when I was 15. And he's the only man that I've ever dated or had a relationship <laughs> with because that's not the case. You want we your high school friends to know that you're cool? They're like, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Like we were off and on for many years. And anyway, so married for 27 years. We have two uh, sons who are young adults now. So we are, I guess you could call us empty nesters. Um, so weird too. Yeah, it is weird because I don't feel old enough to call myself an empty nester. Like that just sounds like an old person thing. 
Well, and my biggest, my husband is, um, I feel like he's a person without as many taste buds as me. They call those like super tasters or like lame tasters. I don't know, but my kids love my food. And so part of me is like, is it sad cooking when your kids are gone or is it fine? No, it's good. Cause my husband loves food. So, oh. and he'll eat anything like he's not picky at all. So except he just doesn't really like ginger very much. It's so random, but you know, that's one thing he doesn't love. But other than that, he'll pretty much eat anything. Well, see, my husband will eat anything, but he doesn't give me praise. And my kids are like, oh. mm, this is so good. Can you make it again? Can you make some cookies? Like my husband's like, yeah, that was all right. But he eats it. <laughs> so that's where I I'm like. I feel like that's lucky though, because kids are usually the ones that are the hardest to please. Well, Let's not, not let, with cookies, but yeah, obviously, but let me not lie to you. I did the other day use my immersion blender in little chunks in my chili because they gag on the big tomatoes. So they're not oh. perfect kids. They're very human. <laughs> they're very human. Was, but yeah, I'm cu- I was curious about that when you said that. So how old are your, your boys? Uh, 21, no, 20. Yeah. 21 and 25. Oh, no, that's not right. Is Quentin 22? No, Quentin's 22. 22 and 25. Sorry. Do you need to check a birth certificate? Isn't that awful? <laughs> You're like, they're out of sight, out of mind. So they're gone. That's hilarious. Because well, my youngest was born in 20, or was born in um, the year 2000. So, I mean, he's really easy, but oh. I my brain went to it's 2023. And then I'm like, no, he's not. It's not June yet. And then I skipped a year. Anyway, whatever. That's <laughs> That's irrelevant. You have but. kids and they're old. Yeah. They're gone, but your husband is happy to eat all your cooking. That's the gist. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, I've worked in the food industry like my whole life, basically. Uh, my first job when I was 14 was working for my grandparents. I, my grandparents owned three restaurants when I was wow. little. Um, so that was obviously like my first job was working for them. And I just kind of went on from there because, you know, once you get experience doing something, then it's like easier to get the next job and the next job. And then when I was in high school, my mom opened up a, uh, like a gourmet takeout and catering food business. And I was working for her. And one day, um, this is just a little background into like how I ended up, you know, going to culinary school and everything because she just one day basically said to me you know you're really good at this like have you thought about what you're going to do after high school like maybe you should just go to school and become a chef and I was like at that point I was like I had no idea what I was going to do and I was kind of like hmm that does feel like it's in your blood though (laughs) right yeah yeah it is and it's and yeah like my grand that's my was my grandparents on my father's side are the ones that had the restaurants and then my mom is an amazing cook um and her mother also was like worked uh professionally as a baker okay. like way back when when women didn't really work as you know head bakers and have right. positions like that in kitchens but my grandmother on my, on my mom's side um you know, she was a head baker in some big lodge north of Toronto for several years and, you know, kind of ahead of her time, right. I guess. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of cooking talent in my family, I think. So kind of, yeah, I just sort of led with right. all that. And I did go to culinary school. Um, I did a year of uh, chef's training and then I did a year in pastry. And then after that, I 
I've worked in like many different positions in kitchens and bakeries and all sorts of types of food businesses. And I've worked as an, an instructor and director of a cooking school. And, but mostly I would say most of my jobs have been in the pastry part of it. That's where okay. I like gravitated to most. Um, the vibe is just way more chill. Oh, baking and desserts and the program that I signed up for originally in college was a two-year chef's training program um but and there were like two-week segments of baking within that program okay and it was then that I realized that that's really where I wanted to be because when every time we had the bake the two-week baking segments like my whole everything just changed because you the atmosphere. It. Yeah. And the instructors were so different. Like the baking instructors were so much more chill than the chef instructors. Cause the chef instructors were all like old European, like militant. Right. It was like Gordon Ramsay, you know, right. almost. Um, and I hated that. Cause I just don't do well in, in stressful environments. I don't know why I ended up, you know, working in kitchens all my life. <laughs> But the bakery, bakeries just have, you know, just a more chill vibe. So yeah, I've worked a lot doing pastry. Um, I did have my own bakery. Uh, that was my last job before starting my food blog. Um, I ran that for six years. What was it called? Andrea's Gerard Street Bakery. It was on, on Gerard, Gerard Street, Street in Toronto. For anybody who's listening, who is familiar with Toronto, Broadview and Gerard. Um, and it was a successful little neighborhood bakery. Um, after six years, I just kind of, I was burnt out and yeah. just kind of didn't want to do it anymore. But the bakery was actually doing really well. Lots of people thought that I was nuts to, to sell. Um, but I was just like, you know what? I, when I started, I decided I have a five-year lease. I'm going to go to five years. I'm going to see what I, how I'm doing how I'm feeling if I want to continue. And if I do, I'll renew my lease. And if not, then I'll sell it. And I got to that point and decided, okay, I reached all my goals, all my business goals I had reached, but I was just, I was tired. I didn't want the responsibility anymore or the stress or the the hours. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sell. And then it took me a year to sell it. Cause it's not, believe it or not, a bakery is not an easy business to sell, even when it's making a profit. I always sort of want to buy one. Actually. Do you? Yeah, I actually. <laughs> and then I do well, think about you. I you can hours. you can yeah. call me and I can help you. I mean, not to work there, but like as yeah. a consultant. <laughs> okay, so can you move to Nanaimo, please? But, well, my mom and my sister live there, so. Well, and I think I'd like to become friends with them and go over for dinner. This sounds <laughs> like a great place to eat. I feel like with any of your relatives would be a very good option for dinner. <laughs> My sister's still trying to learn how to cook well. She's do, she's been making some stuff, some recipes from my blog. So I've been very impressed. Do you think she's but, listening right now? <laughs> she might be, but that's okay. She's, if you're listening, I, knows, these are knows, my digits. She she's, she's really good at making macaroni and cheese. Yeah, there you go. You know, the other day I had something very weird in a little town north of here called Port Alberni. I had deep fried macaroni and cheese and it was... It tasted very good in the moment. It did not taste good 20 minutes later, but in the moment it was 
it was like, it was legit craft dinner inside too. Like, you know, when you have the fancy ones at a restaurant and it's like a beautiful homemade mac and cheese, this was not that, but I still ate it. And I was like, why am I eating this? Why am I eating this? But yeah, so maybe she could also try her hand at uh, deep fried mac and cheese. Never know. I'm sure she would. I'm sure, I'm sure she's tried it. Yeah. She's going to be texting me. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> there's some, some new goals for her. Some new goals. So, so you had this bakery, you had it for six years and then you, were, did you have like a, just not to get real dark for a minute, but was there a real sadness when you shut that down? Especially cause you said like, it wasn't like you shut it down cause it was doing poorly. You shut it down for your own mental health and your own, like taking care of yourself. Was that a big, was that a really hard thing mentally after? Um, you know, it's interesting that's a really interesting question because what happened was I, so I sold it and the new owner basically just took it over. Like all my recipes and everything came with the business. So he continued and still continues to this day to uh, make a lot of the stuff that were all my recipes that came with the place. I, he's of course added his own, you know, right. touch to it and his own new recipes and whatnot. So it still, it didn't die, right? Like it lived, it, it it lived on. It's not called Andrea's anymore. It's just Gerard Street Bakery now, if anybody oh, wants okay. to check it out still. <laughs> yeah. But so what happened was I, I literally like cried tears of joy when I handed him the keys on okay. that final day. I was just so relieved to be done with it. And I didn't cry about it until about eight months later, I decided to go into the bakery I hadn't been in there and my husband and I were like in the neighborhood and we decided to go in to check it out and I went in and the place had changed like he changed the just the appearance of it and had moved some stuff around or whatever and then we left and we got in the car to drive home and I literally broke down and just started bawling like bawling I'm like saying to I'm saying to Alex my husband like I don't even know what is wrong with me like I don't know why I'm crying and anyway it took a few days to process it but I but what I realized was that I hadn't mourned yeah the loss of my business until that moment you know and I think it was walking in there and realizing that it wasn't mine anymore yeah was just like, just like totally hit me. And I wasn't expecting it at all. Like I am, you know, I was completely blindsided by all of that emotion that came. But yeah, it was, I had never taken the time to, to mourn the death of of my business, because in my mind, it didn't die, it was still there. And that it was always going to be there. And I could always just go back and visit it whenever I felt like it. Whenever when I went back and visited it, I realized that it wasn't mine anymore like it wasn't mine and it didn't feel like my space at all anymore he changed it enough that it was like his not my space yeah exactly which of course you know of course he should do that but yeah I wasn't expecting so it was like yeah and I was emotional about it for actually a few days afterwards I was crying off and on it was so bizarre but it made sense once I realized what was happening yeah well and I think typically we mourn stuff when it's sad best Like that's most natural to us. So the fact that you were excited was like a very conflicting emotion in your body, right? So I think that's probably why you hold it back. Sometimes like there's so much relief, the relief and the joy overpowered what's actually happened, right? And I think then, yeah, then, but it's good that you felt it when it came up and good that you kept crying all week because sometimes that's what you need to do, 
right? And I think a lot of people like hold that back or something and you can't, you have to just experience it and be in it. So I think that's, I think that's totally good, but I'm, I'm all for that. Just feel your feelings and yeah, you know, there's a there's a cutoff point, but like you can't, you know, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to wallow in your, you know, self pity or sorrow for too long. But yeah, you gotta you gotta feel your feelings and just let them happen and go through the process, right? Not like bottle everything up. Yeah, experience it and then move out of it. And then at that time, so that was when was that that the bakery was done? 2018 in in the summer of 2018, I sold it. Okay, and then you like something I want people to know, you lost 70 pounds on the Gina Libby program as well. And yes. that, was, that was how I found you was you were working for her um, as a chef and posting recipes. And so that's when I started following you a year ago. But was that was that kind of when you went and left to be a chef in a different capacity? Or what did you do in 2018 after closing the bakery? So I, I mean, I took some time off, obviously, okay. like a few months of just not really doing a lot. Like, I mean, we did a little bit of traveling and stuff and I did some sewing projects because that's something I like to do on the side. Um, And then I went and worked a little bit for, I got a job working um, as an assistant food stylist because that was something that I was, I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And I'd already started thinking about doing a, a food blog or website or whatever type of thing. And I really loved, I always have loved photography. Um, but I didn't know how to take pictures of food really. Like I had never really learned how to do that. And so I thought, well, maybe I can go, you know, work for a food stylist and I can like learn about how to set up, you know, shop. I mean, that's not the photography part of it, but to at least be in the environment, right. Of food photography and styling and stuff like that. So I worked for a guy, um, for about eight months doing that, which was a really awesome learning experience. And then I got asked to come back to teach at the college where I went to school, where where I went to culinary school. I'd been teaching for them a little bit off and on while I had the bakery, just like night classes and stuff. Yeah. Then they asked me if I could come back to teach some more classes. They needed more help. So I, I left the food styling thing, went back and did some more teaching. Um, and then I started my blog in the early part of 2019 so okay it was less than a year it was you know probably about six or eight months or whatever after I no that doesn't work out because (laughs) that's okay we won't fact check you we won't it was a few months it was a few months after (laughs) not quite a year not quite a year after I sold the bakery that I started the the uh the food blog well, and something I'm really passionate about that comes up occasionally on a podcast is how people pivot. I love business and I love um, seeing people find other areas with their expertise and skill sets that where they can be used and and maybe find a better quality of um, work life. You know, I don't mean yeah. work-life balance, but I literally mean like I'm in insurance, but and I was a broker for years selling insurance, but that's also very tiring, very exhausting, you know, and like finding other areas of your industry where you, your skills can be used. So I find it interesting listening to you at the ways that you pivoted and then how that mm-hmm. led you to create your own. I think we're all meant to have some level of creativity, even just for our mental health. It, it's an outlet. Right. And so yeah. I think that even as 
you moved into the more creative artistic aspect of your same business. And I think I would encourage people listening to think, you know, if, if you are looking, you want, you, maybe you like the industry you're in, but maybe you need to tweak it a little bit and head in a different direction in that industry that would be better for you. So That's I want right. to yeah. call that out really quick. So if anyone listening, hears that I'm like, how does this, how does what Andrea is saying, you know, um, relate to your own life and what you're looking at with your own business. So I just want to say that really quick. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, totally. that, when did you start losing, losing this weight? When did that start? Okay, so then I started, I joined, um, Gina's group in like April of 2019. So it was actually right around the same time that I started my food blog. That's like not that long ago. No, like, well, I guess it's four years, but yeah I'm like is that just yesterday 2019 (laughs) it could be yesterday or it could be 20 years ago depending on how you're looking at it hard to say (laughs) hard to say but yeah so yeah it was right around the same time I didn't you know I I had I wanted to lose weight because obviously I had weight to lose a lot of weight to lose um but I uh you know, I didn't want to do any kind of diet. Like I'm not a dieting person. And I, I just was like, I'm never doing any kind of diet. I'm just going to figure out how to lose the weight exercising and whatever. And, uh, and then my, my best friend told me about Gina's program. And so I went and checked it out and I was like, okay, this makes sense to me and it's not expensive. And so whatever, I'm going to give it a try. So my friend, Terry Ann and I, um, anybody who's listening, who's done in the groups or whatever, will know Terry Ann's name. She is now, I believe her title is uh, uh, content manager. Okay. So I might've got the title wrong. And so I apologize if I got the title wrong, but yeah. Um, so anyway, her and I embarked on it. We actually didn't get into a group, um, that first group. So we just, we went online and found all the, you know, videos that Gina had posted on her Facebook page or whatever. And, um, her, Terry's sister had done the program. That's how we found out about it. And so she agreed to send us the like weekly emails that went out. That was just like the summary of like what the week's thing was that week. And so we had that. And then we had like the lives that we could do, like look at on Facebook. Cause back then I think maybe not all of them, but a lot of the lives were public. Like you, like anybody could look at them. Right. So we did the first program, Terry and I, without actually being in a group. And I think I lost like 30 pounds Wow! without even (laughs) being in the group. So, um, so yeah, so then I joined obviously the next, the next round. And then I, and I, so I did two more. So I did three groups in total and lost 70 pounds over, it would have been over a year. Cause it's like three groups a year. Right. Yeah. Wow. And, that's... Then, I, and then I finished, like, I decided I was done literally like a year later in April of 2020, I was like, okay, I'm done. So that was like three years ago. So you lost the 70 pounds in a year, like, oh my gosh, huge claps for you. That's, you're obviously very diligent. Part of me is like, did you just stop making pastry for a year? Is that like, <laughs> you stop well, eating you know, or You know how they say like the shoemakers kids have no shoes. Yeah, It's kind of like, I just, I, ne- I hardly ever baked at home anyway. 
Like wow. I don't, you know, I did, I baked at home a lot when my kids were little, like, cause I didn't work for the first five years when I first started having kids. And, you know, I would obviously like with them and for them or whatever, we baked a lot. Um, but, you know, when you go and do something all day at work, the last thing you want to want to do is more of that when you're not working, you know what I mean? That so makes- I actually cooked at home a lot more than I baked. So oh. I, like, I, you know, I give myself the title of chef, which I, I use loosely because I, I've never actually worked as a, like had the title of chef in a restaurant environment, which is like one thing, right? Like that's like a thing. Um, but I've worked, I've been given the title chef in uh, more like college instructional teaching right. okay. positions and obviously pastry chef. Many times I've held the title of pastry chef and having my own business as well and whatnot. But I'm more, I really feel like I'm more of a, like a really avid home cook. Okay. Who has professional training, but that you can't put that on your Instagram bio. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I don't really like using the, the word chef because I feel like it's disrespectful to all the real chefs out there that work on the line in restaurants, slugging it out all the time. Cause I've never actually done that, but it's better, like it's easier. It's something everybody understands. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's it's a funny imposter syndrome kind of thing though, because you have, I get what you're saying. You feel, it's like being like, I'm an ER doctor versus a GP. You feel yeah. you have the same initial training, but you feel like you haven't had people screaming at you on the line at a restaurant at 10 p.m. <laughs> so I, I see where you're coming from. And yet part of like the part of me who loves coaching women in business is I'm like, no, no, you still are that. You yes. just have probably healthier adrenal glands because you, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's, but it is a funny, that's a funny thing what we do with titles and that sort of thing. So no, I a hundred percent get it. And your blog, um, my pocket, my pocket kitchen is very much like what people are going to cook day in and day out at home. Yes. So that yes. makes sense. That's very, um, authentic then to your brand, your personal brand that goes with it very well. Yeah. Because I'm always, you know, I can cook very complicated things. Yeah. Um, but I don't because I mean, why like why spend hours and hours and hours and days and days and days in the kitchen I mean that's great like I feel like that's more of a hobby like if you are into that that's more hobby of a hobby type style of cooking you know what I mean that's not everyday cooking right right? like making your own kombucha and stuff like that that's like a hobby project that's not like real everyday stuff that you do I I said that because I just started making it today. I was going to say, oh my gosh, that's a whole other conversation we have to have. I made it for years. I made my own kombucha. So that's super funny because I was on the top of my brain because I, it's actually literally brewing right now. Like I'm just waiting for it to come down to room temperature, but I, I'm, I'm videotaping it and stuff. I'll put it up on Instagram, like the process. We'll talk more off camera because that's one of my favorite things. And I need to go back to doing it. Um, but yeah, so that's really exciting. So no, that makes sense. And it may, I think what I was also going to ask you before was something that I'm really curious about with you is how can a person who is such a good cook, is it harder to lose 70 pounds? Because food is your, is your everything. Like I know a lot of people, when they go to lose weight, they avoid food. They avoid settings with good food. They avoid whatever you can't avoid you. (laughs) That's one, right? (laughs) Like how do you avoid yourself? Like 
you just are a really good cook. And, and so I think that's an interesting thing is how does a person who loves food and it's your way of life, truly it's your, it's, you know, your favorite thing to do, but it's your way to make money. It's all these things. How do you lose 70 pounds? And also like never trust a skinny cook. Like there's a whole culture around, you can't be too skinny or I'm like, are you a bad cook? Right? Like, (laughs) So that's like, that's a really interesting thing. And that was one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you is because it's, it's hard enough for someone who's a bad cook to lose weight, let yeah. alone a person who's really skilled at, and really appreciates it. Like you love and appreciate food. I do. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I would say that knowing how to cook is more helpful okay. in losing weight. Um, and why? Like, you know, when I was working for Gina and I was doing all the recipes and stuff like that, like that's because there was a, a need for that. Right. And it was all the people who, because they didn't know, well, what am I supposed to eat? Right. Like, whereas somebody like me and probably you as well, like you, you already know food, like, you know, about right. food, you know, what healthy food is, you know, what leafy greens are, you know, about, you know, cruciferous vegetables and I don't know what, like what, you know, plant-based proteins and, you know, like you just know what the stuff is and you can come up with creative ways to um, make food that tastes good, but that is still on plan and healthy. Right. Like I I know how to make cauliflower mash. That's not just full of butter. Yes. Right. Like you're, you're totally right. Yeah, that makes. or it's like, you understand that, like, if you just add some, you know, chickpeas to your salad at lunch, you're adding protein, right? Like, whereas, whereas honestly, like a lot of people don't even know that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. So I felt like it, okay. So the knowing part, part that was helpful, but the part, you know, the, the eating and the craving and the wanting to eat all the food, that's a difference, a different part. Yeah, that's still (laughs) there. But I found for me, I, you know what, it's like, once I put my mind to something, it might take me a long time to get there. But once I get there, I'm like, that's it. I'm doing it. You know what I mean? So I was so determined, like once, especially because the program started working for me really quickly. Like, so I was seeing results very quickly. And so that kept motivating me. And I just was like, you know what, this is it. Like I'm losing this damn weight. If it's the last thing I do, like, I'm so sick and tired of like looking in the mirror and, and hating what I see because I, you know, a little history about me is I, I didn't grow up with a weight problem either. So, you know, I kind of gained all of that weight over, I would say maybe like a 10 year period. Okay. So I wasn't used to. I mean, not that anybody gets used to looking, you know, at their larger body in the mirror, but kind of though you, you adapt, like you find clothes that look good on your larger body. You find like, I was thinking of the, the, the weeks I came home, I gained 61 pounds with my first son. And I remember coming home and like, I didn't know how to hide. Right. So you learn how to hide, which is so sad, but you do, you do become, and then it becomes you become comfortable in the role that goes along with the new person that you are too over time. And then, so yeah, going like, I'm, and I'm so proud of you even for saying like, I was all in because I think um, something that Gina says in the program is like, if not this, then what, 
which is one of my Mm -hmm. favorite lines. And also I think I don't want to stay comfortable at what's uncomfortable. Like I'm uncomfortable at this size, but I've learned to stay comfortable here and now I don't know how to get out. So I love that, um, that that was kind of your take on it. Just be all. And that's the whole, like, you know, all the body, body positivity movement and stuff. I am all for that. If that, if you feel comfortable in your body and the way that you are and the size that you are all the power to you, but if you're not, and it's, and it bugs you and eats away at you every single day, that's not a healthy place to be in. You know, I tried to be okay with the way that I looked and and tried to look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh yeah, you know, like you look voluptuous and you, yeah. you know, you look good in that dress or that top or the whatever I, I try. It was like, I was trying to convince myself that it was okay. Right. All the time, you know, yeah. and it just like, it's terrible for your mental health because you're really just like beating yourself up inside all the time. And so, yes, I was just so sick and tired of being in that mental space that by the time, you know, I found that program and started doing it, I like I was at that limit. Like I just was like, I'm done. I got to change. Waste, I gotta do you this. waste a lot of energy in any, like, I, I think we, as people, we should be always thinking like, how much, how much energy am I giving to this topic, this complaint, this frustration, this joy, this whatever. Like, I feel like we only have so much energy and I am pretty anti the body positivity movement, but it's because I think that so often we can convince ourselves we feel one way. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, so the better question is, do you feel like a sausage in a casing? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like your spanks are spring loaded and they are going to roll down or pop up? Like, so I feel like we need some gauges because people are like, no, I feel fine. I'm like, what is fine? How do you define, how do you define fine? And I always think of the movie Men in Black. Remember in Men in Black when there was like an alien in his body? Yeah. Remember that? Like I'm acting yeah. it out here for you now, but I'm always like, do you feel like there's an alien in your body? How do you feel in your body? And are you secretly hiding? Are you whatever? Because I'm like, for me, obviously everyone wants to look hot. You know, everyone wants to look good in their undies, whatever. Right. But to me, I'm like, how's your health? How's your blood yeah. pressure? How? And that stuff to me doesn't lie. You yeah, know, and I agree. Right. And so, and I'm like the queen of hydration. I'm always trying to give people more. And I've always been like, been like that for years. But so that's where I think, yeah, like for you, what were the toughest obstacles then that you faced along the way with that weight loss journey, mental or like literal bridges you had to cross? Um, I would say that I didn't, I mean, don't hate me for saying this, but I didn't really have a lot of struggles when I was losing weight. How dare you? (laughs) We're ending this. Thanks for coming. Like it was just so easy, so easy. And I'm so thin. I don't understand why people have so much trouble losing weight. (laughs) It's so easy. Yeah. No, I was one of the lucky ones for sure. Um, I was very determined. And also, I guess, I don't know, my body just like liked that program and just got rid of the weight really easily. And I, yeah, I just didn't have a lot of struggles. Um, But you know, where the struggles came for me, uh, was afterwards, you know, in the, the maintaining part of it for sure, because I didn't, there's nothing to follow. Right. And I'm not going to go back and do the program again, because I don't believe 
in that, in terms of like, if I'm going to find that right weight for me to maintain for the rest of my life, it can't be following a diet right, or a program. It has to be, you know, and that's the program takes you to that point at the end, right? Like, you know, personalizing the plan or whatever. And that's what that's supposed to lead into. And, and I believe in that a hundred percent that like, you have to, you have to create your own, your own diet of like the way that you're just going to be and eat and, and live for the rest of your life. Because How do you I'm not feel going... good? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I have put back on 20 pounds since the, like in the three years since I stopped losing. But I mean, first of all, you know, that lowest low that I hit, I saw for like a nanosecond. Oh, okay. And, and probably bounced up like six or eight pounds within six months or less of that, which I, which I kind of expected because, you know, you can't really, you can't really stop doing a diet and, and not expect to gain some of the weight back unless you're going to continue eating that way. That's fair. Like, because when, when you have decided to be all in with something, that's not, we don't live typically all in. And, and like Gina would say too, like, this isn't a life thing. This is a diet. Like yeah. for me, I feel like I love the basic food plan so much that I feel like I could, I feel like it will be like, it's what I do in between groups. I don't lose weight. I probably eat a bit more volume, but I definitely feel really good eating that way all day. That's right. Like, like small, so yeah. Small meals. Small meals, kind of but I think like as soon as I cut out the like what I should say for those people who don't know, check out GinaLibby.com and go under programs to learn a little bit more about the program. But it's a program that teaches your body not to store fat. So it's not burning fat all the time. It's letting your body release it, which I will say I'm taking MCT oil today and I think I'm releasing it. <laughs> for those of you, if you know, you know, and I feel like I'm detoxing as we speak, but I, I do think that. You're right. You're right. If you're going to stay rigid and be all in on something, you don't live that way. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's about, and like, that's what Gina says all the time. You have to find your own way with that plan. So then for you, did you panic like in those no. months after, how did you like, how did you get through that? Like even now, even with 20 pounds up from there, I'm still totally cool about it because I'm not you know, I feel like I got down to a lower number that first of all, I lost way more weight than I went, like went into it expecting oh, to lose. Okay. And, um, not that I, I was at an unhealthy weight at my lowest by any means. I've, I've been lighter than that in my lifetime for sure. Like in, you know, since I've been 20 or whatever, right. I've been lighter than that, but, um, I, I'm not sure that that was the right weight for me to be for the lifestyle that I want to live. You oh, know what that's I mean? A good like, way to say it. Yeah. That's something to consider too, right? Yeah. Like I, and this is what this, so, the, so this 20 pounds, like it's, you know, 15 of that I've had on for probably already like a year and a half. It's been that. And then like, I've gained, I've gained like an extra five pounds just sort of recently from like, Christmas, like holidays overindulging. And then um, I just had a back injury recently. And I feel like that's really not helpful right. when it comes to the scale, you know? So um, like I really, my ideal weight, like in my mind is to be sort of hovering 
between a 10 pound range that would be between 10 and 20 pounds from like up from my lowest. Right. So I got, you know, I got to get it down about five pounds to be in the middle of that right now. So it's not, it's not really too bad, but it is, it is. Some people would think like, oh my God, you've gained 20 pounds. Like I would, I would like die or freak out. Like, first of all, if you only lost 20 pounds in the program, then maybe that's not a good place to be in. But if, if you've lost 70 pounds and you, you know, cause I got down to like 140, which was pretty thin for me. Like, yeah. Even though I've been as light as one, you know, 25 when I was in my twenties. Oh, that but... girl's starving. You never want to be that girl again. <laughs> She's so that was the, the young girl that still had, I don't know, like a, a major metabolism going on who could just yeah. eat whatever she wanted and That's never gave That's the girl weight. who hasn't hit menopause. She doesn't <laughs> have kids. She doesn't understand anything. I remember like my roommate and I, we knew we didn't want to eat too much, but we wanted to eat stuff we really wanted. So I would, we had second cup. Second cup was our favorite coffee shop. We would get a big iced mochaccino and we would get a cheeseburger from McDonald's. And that's like all we would eat all day. Just that, those two things. And we were like, like, we're so skinny. We don't know anything. Our bodies are like, and then we'd throw in a cigarette, right? Like you're just totally. And a diet Coke. And it just. (laughs) kills me that I'm like, Oh, so nutrient void. Just like, <laughs> no. So yeah, forget that girl. That girl's yeah. like, no one needs that girl. Yeah. So, so right now the place I'm in is, is, as I said earlier, just like finding, um, finding that right place for me, Yeah, living the lifestyle that I want to live in terms of food, because I, you know, I eat really well, you know, I eat yeah. healthy food. Um, I do have indulgences, but I'm not going to live a life without those. No, you know, and I don't overdo it. So it's for me, it's like, I, I want to just find where that weight is, where I can be eating the things that I want to eat responsibly. Like I'm, I'm never going to go back to that place where I would just like eat an entire big, right. huge bowl of spaghetti. I just physically can't even do that anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. I barely even eat, like, I hardly ever eat to be full anymore either. Like those were my, my biggest takeaways from that program for sure were about that, like hunger levels and recognizing when to stop. I had no off switch before, you know, like I could eat very big portions of food and I know that's why I gained so much weight in the first, in the first place, you know, it was a combination of eating really large portions of food and, and eating way too much of the like refined carbs, like pasta and bread and all that kind of stuff. So I cut out all that stuff when I was losing weight, but I don't want to eliminate those things from my life. Like I can't imagine a life without bread and pasta, like unless I ended up with celiac disease, God forbid, but (laughs) there's no way I'm going to not eat those for the rest of my life, unless it becomes a health issue for me than I would, but you know, (laughs) I like that. I I love the thought of like personalizing it in a way where you are calm. You're still calm. And you're like, I, I do want to eat X, Y, Z. So I'm going, that's, I just know then that that because of the choice, it's like very empowered because I'm going to choose. Like, I know for me, I ordered, I was at this restaurant in Vancouver for work the other night and I ordered a lobster tagliatelle. Is that how you say that word? That T Mm, Yes. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Yum. it did not satisfy me though. I should have had steak. 
Mm. I like feel really good. I'm from Alberta. I'm from Edmonton. I feel really good when I have like steak, a little tiny bit of veggies and potatoes, and it's still a high fat, but it's different. And it's funny because I know that I don't feel good when I eat pasta. I just don't, but it's not even like an, I enjoy it so much. Even in the moment, I was like, this should have been steak. Right. So I think I want a life that includes steak and a bit more red wine. Right. (laughs) So I think not too much, not enough that my can't bend my fingers or that I'm like swollen the next day, but like, that's something that my weight, whatever it's going to sit at when I'm done losing has to be, it's, I just have to decide that that's what I've chosen. I've chosen to live this lifestyle. So my weight is going to hang out in a certain zone and I'm okay with it and be calm about it. Right. And like, check yourself before you wreck yourself also, but recognizing what our choices are. And that's exactly amazing. And I also totally agree with you on the point of like, for me, it's become less about a number on the scale and more about my overall health, you know? So I'm, I'm focusing a lot more now on, on exercise because I really didn't exercise a lot while I was losing weight. Um, but I have since then. And, you know, one of my new year's things, like not resolution, cause I'm not into resolutions, but I just, in the new year, I was like, okay, I want to like do more weight training and, and strengthen a lot more. And I knew that that would affect my weight as well, but I don't care. Like, I don't even want to get on the scale because I don't want that to get in the way of, you know, my overall health and what I need to do for that, because I am getting older. And, you know, as we get older, that our muscle mass gets less and I want to make sure that I stay strong so that I have a better quality of life. That has nothing to do with, you know, whether I'm 10 pounds heavier or lighter or whatever. It's about how I feel and do I feel healthy and do I feel good? And do I still, you know, like the way that I look in the mirror? You know, I still, we just went to Mexico. I still, was able to wear a two-piece bathing suit and feel like I looked damn awesome in it, you know? So I'm still <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I've worn a two-piece bathing suit since like, oh, I don't even know since before my second son was born for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that was good. So what yeah. do you think, what do you think then, what advice do you have people on understanding or pushing through? I don't know what the way to say it is with maintenance. Like, or maybe what do you want to tell people? What do you want to leave? I think, um, I think that when you're trying to maintain, it's like, it becomes so different. It becomes a lot more of a mental game, I think, because of that whole stuff that I was talking about, about trying to find, trying to be like, be okay with, you know, making the choices that you're making in terms of the kinds of food that you want to eat, knowing that you're not overdoing it in anything but you're still having the things that you want when you want them um and being comfortable with the fact that your weight might go up a little bit after you've been quote unquote dieting Mm -hmm. to lose the weight like you know I don't know if Gina's saying the same thing now but when I was there she would say you know like it's it's never a bad idea to try to lose five or ten pounds more than what you actually yeah you know want to be. And I, I never really got that until like, I got it because it's like, I stopped losing weight. And then I gained 10 pounds, like not immediately, but you know, over like six months or whatever. But it was like, I didn't care. Cause I was, you know, because I got down way lower oh, than far. I ever right. had expected to. 
Like I honestly joined that program thinking I would be happy if I lost like 25 pounds. <laughs> I, Which I, I think back to now and it's like, well, that would have taken me down to like 180 or something or <laughs> more than that even. It's like, yeah. But it is, it is funny though. Like, and she hasn't specifically said that in, and I mean, obviously I, I don't catch all the lives. I miss things sometimes. So maybe she has that, I, but I haven't heard that, but that's actually really funny. Cause I had just thought to myself, um, I like to set like I, each group, I just kind of look at each group and I'm like, I want to lose 10. That's what I tell myself in each group. And, um, that's kind that's of good. just my goal, but I might be here for eight groups. <laughs> But it's okay. I also have recognized, I've learned about myself. I'm really big into um, personal and professional development. And one of my things is, is I feel really good being in a program and I feel really good being in this program. Like I know I don't need to sign up and pay because I can get the lives on podcast and I can, you know, like I have the book, I ordered off Amazon, that sort of thing. But there's something that I'm more committed which is funny. I feel more, I, I don't even, I don't even access the Facebook page ever. I don't feel like I need the community, but I right. like knowing it's there. It's like such a funny, our minds are so <laughs> weird, right? Our minds are well, so Well, yeah, it makes sense to me. Cause it's like, you've, you've committed to something. Yeah. But you know, just be careful that it doesn't become an obsession that you feel like you can't do it without it. You know what I mean? Cause at some point you're going to have to go at it on your own. <laughs> can't be, it can't be a crutch. I think what's interesting is that each group, um, because I also, when my friends are like, I don't get it. If she says you don't need to come back, why do you keep going back? But I think for me, um, I was, my mom's doing the group as well now. And for the first time, and I said to her, my mom's really good at being all in. She's really like all or nothing kind of a person. And I said, you know, when it came to week eight and it's like split your meals in half, but start with protein. I'm always like, nope. Like I'm really rebellious in my mind. I like take my plate and I, I just basically make, I take the plate, fill it. And then I split it completely in half. And Gina says, you can do that, but she always has these little recommendations, right? I recommend that you eat the protein section portion first, and then, you know, go back to your cauliflower and your veggies. But I can tell my level of like arrogance and my, and and I need to be a little bit more submissive to what is the plan at this point, because I haven't learned all my lessons, you know, and it took me 10 years. Similarly, it took me 10 years to gain 40 pounds and it's going to, it's not going to take me 10 years to lose it, but those old habits die hard, right? Like the things that you do. And so I do feel like each group, I learned some really big things that I needed to learn you know, and, um, and I think that's really, really powerful for me, but you're right. Like it's, it is such a journey. And with that, like, what's the best part for you of being down 70 or I guess 50 now, what's the best part in that you've experienced in this? Um, well, I would say definitely being able to look in the mirror and not be disgusted. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like a hundred percent. And, you know, yeah, that would be the number one. And then just like, you know, being, being able to do more stuff, like right. just in terms of exercising, like wanting to exercise more. Well, like there's so much more that I, you know, like I love doing yoga when I was heavier, like there were so many positions that were so hard to get into or just uncomfortable, right. you know, like child's pose, forget about it. Like <laughs> really? Because like my belly and my boobs or whatever would just be in the way. And so things like that. Yeah. So 
being able to move more freely, I guess. But the number one thing is the looking in the mirror part for sure. Or like seeing photographs. Like I remember, you know, seeing photographs of myself and just being like, oh my God, what the hell girl? <laughs> you need to do something about that. <laughs> it is, it is incredible because even, even seeing like, there are so many non-scale victories, but even like seeing a photograph and not being so embarrassed. I yes. remember like, it's so funny. My mother-in-law, Vanessa, if you're listening, we tease her because she just loves us, right? She doesn't look at us and see our fat or how we look in a photo or whatever. And there've been like, we, my husband laughs because it's like, so often she takes a picture and it's just like the worst angle of me. And, you know, like she's just excited to show off her pictures of her grandkids and her kids and all that stuff. And my husband's always like, oh, you're not going to like this photo. <laughs> and, and it's just so funny. And, and so to look like I had a, a photo taken at this fancy restaurant the other day in Vancouver, and I didn't have to think about how I stood. I wasn't right. like, oh, is this your good side? Is this your bad side? Like quick think, 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 or move or whatever. And that's like such a big deal. It really is. It's, right. It's like your confidence, you know, I've always been a pretty confident person and really always liked myself a lot yeah. and, or love myself, I guess is the better way to say it. Yeah. But, you know, when I was overweight, it was like, that was kind of fading away, you know, and that was like, un familiar and uncomfortable territory for me to be feeling that way about myself. Like it was really hard, you know, hard for sure. And so that having that gone is really everything for me. Oh. And now I just, now I just got to like get the muscles going a little bit. Then I'll awesome. really be like looking in the mirror, like, hello. Right? <laughs> you know, and my favorite thing is kickboxing. I used to teach oh, yeah? group fitness. Yep. I taught group fitness for a few years, taught at the YMCA and all, and did boot camps and stuff and taught kickboxing. And there is like nothing that like tones your upper body than all that like twisting and punching and that sort of stuff too. And, but yeah, like supporting your skeletal system is a big deal as we age. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think not a, like, and it's funny because I, I said, I'm totally anti the po body positivity movement, but I think only when it goes too far, because like you said, yes, I think you, I I've also always loved myself. I love my personality. I love how I love people and stuff, but I definitely, I, I feel like when you said about kind of losing that, I think what I noticed was it made me getting heavier, made me shyer. And right. I didn't want to be more shy. I still wanted to have the courage to go shake someone's hand, introduce myself, have the courage to show up the same way that I did. And, and, and maybe that's sad to someone listening that I couldn't do it the same, but it's just, I'm just being honest about the limitation I felt. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't that. have that courage. Or if you get called up to speak because I'm in business, then you're like, I don't want to go up in front. Well, I have right. no problem public speaking, right? So that's the sort of thing where I don't want my body to limit what I do in business, what I do in life, because I don't want to be seen. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. an awful feeling. Like you just don't want to hide. Um, what do you want the world to know from your story? Hmm. <laughs> that's an interesting question. I don't know. That's a hard question. I, I saw that question come up before and I was like, hmm, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> you can trust a skinny cook. Maybe that's it. Yeah. 
I guess like if you, you know, hard work and determination will get you to your goals, whether that's in weight loss or just in life in general, because I've, I've always followed that motto, you know, like, don't be scared to make a change. Yeah. You know, I've made lots of big changes in my life. Like we, we have to do a whole other podcast about that. Like I've moved to other countries, like I've moved to Thailand and worked teaching English there. And we, my, my husband and I packed up everything we owned and went to South America for six months with our kids when they were 10 and 12 years old. What You know, we've done big things that are like really risky things. Like even opening up my bakery was a huge risk because of the neighborhood that I was doing it in. And, you know. So life, you know, life is about choices that you make and you got to, you got to do stuff to live your life. Be brave. Well, we just planned our next episode. (laughs) (laughs) I could talk for hours, girl. (laughs) Email Andrea, taking risk. I'm not just a food blogger who lost 70 pounds. <laughs> You're not just a skinny cook, but I I do think yeah. that that is like nothing makes me sadder than a life unlived. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And I under, I get that people cuz you know people will say, well, you know, like must be nice to have the luxury to be able to make choices and I don't want it to sound like that. Like I mean, I have I am very fortunate that I've been in positions in my life where I can make those kinds of choices but at the same time everybody everybody has choices in their lives right it's how much you're how much risk you're willing to take or how brave you're willing to be to make the choices that you need to make to make to make your life better you know if you're in a place where you're you need to make your life better you know you always have choices to do that well, and it could be an episode for my husband because I'm like a very big risk taker. And I think I just make him nervous. He's just always nervous because whenever right. I'm around. <laughs> he's like a stability guy. Oh yeah. He's an accountant. Like just like, no, I, and he, he has seen great success with my risk choices. So he, he tries, like he tries really hard, but several times there've been like a business or an app or something. And he's like, I wanted to do that. He, but then someone else goes and does it. And he's like, right. And like watching someone experience that, like, oh, I wish that I had been the one to do it. Yeah. Right. And you don't, you don't want to like have a, like, you don't want to live a life full of regrets. Right. And I mean, obviously you can't do everything, but you know, you got to try to do some of those things at least. Or like, just have the courage to to just take a risk and and not be afraid to fail. Yeah. I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Even when we're talking about weight loss, like I think the the fear of failure is a huge thing that sets people back. Well, and honestly, like I didn't talk about my journey until I was down 18 pounds, which I basically sat at now (laughs) for like six months. So, but I think, I think that, I always watched people go and post photos and before and afters. And then like two years later, you're like, I thought you lost all that weight. I couldn't handle that. I was like, I can't handle, I wish I was strong enough to be confident enough to not be embarrassed by that. And yet I am like the biggest fan of failure. You, if, if you can stop and learn and dig in and be like, what can I learn from this? What, 
you know, like even how I said to my mom yesterday, when Gina told me to eat protein first, the last three groups, I didn't do it because I didn't want to, right? right? She's not here to smack, smack the cauliflower out of my hand or whatever it is I'm eating at the time. So (laughs) that's where it's like learning through your failures and failing forward. But I think a lot of people think of it like as a fixed mindset, like I fail and then that's it. I'm a failure. No, it's if you're a failure, if you don't learn from it. Exactly. Right. And use it as your next launch point or whatever, but like failure to launch is a real sad thing. Yes. You know, and you don't want a life of, of what ifs. Um, that's right. Describe your life journey or your weight loss journey or your chef journey or your blog's journey. Pick pick which journey you would like to describe in one word. What would it be? Courageous, man. Courageous. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Don't be afraid. I haven't been afraid to, to live my life, I think is, is the reason why I've been able to do all the things that I've done. And I, you know, I've lived a really amazing life up to this point and I plan to continue doing so hopefully for another, I don't know, let's say 50 years. Can I live to be 102? (laughs) I've been reading a lot about the blue zones lately, so I don't know. I don't know about those blue zones, but when you tell me how to make my own SCOBY or my own mother, maybe you can also be like, also, here's how to live. I don't know that I want to. I feel like all your favorite people are dead. If your friends and family also decide to live healthy and well and good lives. But I feel like otherwise it's just you and a bunch of old crotchety people that you're like, ugh, why yeah. are they in this home with me? Yeah, exactly. No, but I live in a different country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but jokes, all jokes aside. No, I do. I also hope you live another 50 years. You're very likable. So we will have Andrea Moot back on the podcast to talk about taking risks. So stay tuned for that episode. But thank you so, so very much for coming. And I hope that people go check out the blog, subscribe to the emails. I subscribed the other day and I'm super Yay. excited to make your meals and still be like, the, also be a skinny cook. That's, that's also <laughs> my goal. Um, but thank you for sharing your heart Not with skinny. us. Just right. Okay. Just, Just right. right. Oh yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Just right. No, thank you for sharing your heart with us and your journey with us today. And I hope that people are inspired to live more courageous lives, take chances on themselves and find their own version of what's comfortable within their body. Thank right? you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Well, that was fun. I hope that you are feeling more energized, more inspired, and more joyful. Please rate and review and share this podcast with a friend who you think needs to hear it. Go be what you wish to see more of in this world and have a great day.